Hey there everyone, I'm Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and in today's episode we're going to be talking about a rather unconventional choice in the Simic Hybrid. The Simic Combine are the Wardens of Nature within Ravnica, and they've often felt that Mother Nature could use some improvement. You can grow gills or maybe some giant crab claws, since Simic Hybrids are genuinely varied and you'll be able to take your pick. But now that you can do things like grow armor or spit acid, should you? And how should you? We're going to go over all of that in today's episode. As a Simic hybrid, your character will be uniquely tied to not only the plane of Ravnica, but to the Simic Combine as well. Ravnica is a worldwide metropolis, a single city that envelops the entire planet, and this city is ruled by the joint efforts of ten guilds, each controlling a different aspect of Ravnican society as a whole. The Simic, in particular, are the biologists, the doctors, and in many respects, the mad scientists of Ravnica, or at least share the title with Izzet. The Simic Guild works to understand biology and preserve the numerous species that were displaced by Ravnica's rampant expansion. They also have a nasty habit of trying to improve biology, which has landed them in some hot water in the past. Rightfully so. You see, during the original Ravnica block, the Simic Combine were the villains. Their leader, Momir Vig, wasn't content with merely studying biology and medicine. Momir invented cytoplasts that could rewrite the DNA of Ravnican citizens against their will. A war broke out, mad science occurred, and a giant ooze monster was involved. Long story short, the era of the Simic Combine ended violently, left the guild in ruins, and was not really remembered fondly. It wasn't until the return of Ravnica Block that the Combine saw a resurgence with the return of Ravnica's merfolk. Remember the whole world-spanning city? Apparently, ancient Ravnican architects just built right over Ravnica's oceans, and thousands of years later, people forgot all about them. Many city streets opened into giant sinkholes named Zonuts, holes leading down into the long-hidden underground Ravnican oceans filled with merfolk. Sounds pretty cool, actually. The new merfolk seized the opportunity left by the empty guild seat and reclaimed the responsibilities of medicine and preservation of nature. Kind of comes full circle if you think about it. This is where your hybrid character comes in. The Simic Combine started a thing called the Guardian Project, a program that takes their members and splices them with animal DNA. Simic are usually pretty jazzed about this though, so it's not like you are an unwilling guinea pig, unless you really want that to be your backstory. As a Simic hybrid, you were designed to serve a specific purpose, which usually involves protecting the Combine in some way as a guardian. This gives you possibly the most freedom to design your character out of any other 5e race. I mean literally any of them. If you want to be part giraffe, part hermit crab, do it. Want to be a shark with a toucan beak? Go for it. There's really nothing stopping you from creating whatever comes to your mind, for better or for worse. The result should feel like it was designed to do something. What exactly that is, is completely up to you. Simic hybrids are lore-locked quite hard into Ravnica, but their stats represent a rather flexible opportunity for players to be monsters or mutants. If your character wants to roleplay an Eldritch Abomination, or your settings involve some monsters or mutants, I recommend hand-waving the lore of Simic hybrids away and making use of their excellent and versatile racial stats. Thankfully, the creative freedom doesn't stop at naming, either. Hybrids usually maintain the names they were given by their parents, so hybrids that started out human, elven, or Vidalcan will have human, elven, and Vidalcan names, respectively. Starting with your ability score increase, your constitution score increases by 2, and one other ability score increases by 1. This is an intentionally versatile set, as every class can benefit from more hit points, and you'll be able to put that extra point into whatever you need. 
As for your age, hybrids begin their lives as adult humans, elvins, or Vidalcan, respectively, and they age at slightly accelerated rates. So their maximum lifespan are probably reduced somewhat from whatever they originated as. The Guardian Project has not been operating long enough to observe the full effect of this phenomenon. While the slight decrease in life expectancy is a bit ominous, and feel free to play around with that, especially you creative DMs out there, it's otherwise fairly standard and shouldn't really come up often. When it comes to alignment, most hybrids share the generally neutral outlook of the Simic Combine. They are more interested in scientific research and the standing of their guild than in any moral or ethical questions. Those who leave the Combine, however, often do so because their philosophical outlook and alignment are more in line with the different guilds. Your size is medium within the normal range of your humanoid base race, and your walking speed is 30 feet, and you also come with dark vision. You can see in dim light within 60 feet of you as if it were bright light, and the darkness as if it were dim light. You can't discern color in the darkness, only shades of gray. Probably the most common racial trait other than the core ones. Not special in the grand scheme of things, but it's incredibly useful in every campaign I've run. And as for languages, you can speak, read, and write in common and a language of your choice between Elvish or Vidalcan. This is trying to further represent your base species before you became a hybrid. Elvish probably has the most applications, but you should go with whatever fits your backstory the most. Now for the really unique part of this race, your animal enhancement. Your body has been altered to incorporate certain animal characteristics. You choose one animal enhancement now and a second enhancement at fifth level. At first level, you can choose from one of the following exciting options. Starting off with one of my personal favorites from a role-playing perspective is Mantiglide. You have ray-like fins that you can use as wings to slow your fall or allow you to glide. When you fall, you aren't incapacitated, and you can subtract up to 100 feet from the fall when you're calculating damage. You can also move up to 2 feet horizontally for every 1 foot that you descend. Definitely not as good as something like fly speed, but in practice you'll mainly function as a permanent feather fall, and occasionally you'll be able to get where you need to go by jumping off of something tall. This is going to be the best pick in most cases, but it'll depend on the adventure you're running and what situations you expect to find yourself in. Next up is Nimble Climber. You have a climbing speed equal to your walking speed. Remember though, in 5e, a climb speed doesn't grant you a special ability to climb, it just lets you climb a bit faster. So this is probably the weakest of the three options, but you'll be able to scale a cliff at 30 feet movement while your allies will likely climb at 15. Having a climb speed only very rarely grants you access to some place you wouldn't be able to reach anyway, just kind of slower. And then we have underwater adaptation. You can breathe air and water, and you have a swimming speed equal to your walking speed. This is arguably better than the Mantiglide, however, you're most likely going to be using this character while adventuring on Ravnica. Ravnica isn't exactly known for its large bodies of water. Tons of really tall buildings to glide from, though. This is still situational, though, and your DM may decide to explore the underground oceans beneath the city. You never know. Unless you talk to them. At 5th level, your body evolves further and develops new characteristics, which allows you to choose options that are a little bit more interesting. Starting with grappling appendages, you have two special appendages growing alongside your arms. Choose whether they're both claws or tentacles, and as an action, you can use one of them to try and grapple a creature. Each one is also a natural weapon, which means you can use them to make unarmed strikes. If you hit, the target takes bludgeoning damage equal to 1d6 plus your strength modifier instead of the bludgeoning damage normal unarmed strikes get. Immediately after hitting, you can try to grapple the target as a bonus action. These appendages can't precisely manipulate anything and can't wield weapons, magical items, or specialized equipment. Natural attacks aren't amazing in 5e either, but that free grapple is particularly useful. 
I'd only take this one if you're building around it with a high strength melee character, but it really shines with a strategy in mind. And then we have Carapace. Your skin is covered in a thick shell in certain places, and you gain a plus one to your AC when you're not wearing heavy armor. While this isn't the most fun or interesting ability, it's likely the best from a statistical point of view, especially if you're a spellcaster or some other squishy character that you probably don't want to get run up on in combat. And then we have Acid Spit, probably the most self-explanatory one on this list. As an action, you can spray acid from your glands in your mouth, targeting one creature or object that you can see within 30 feet of you. The target takes 2d10 of acid damage unless it succeeds on a dexterity saving throw against a DC equal to 8 plus your constitution modifier plus your proficiency bonus. This damage increases by 1d10 when you reach level 11 and 17th level. You can use this trait a number of times equal to your constitution modifier, a minimum of once obviously, and you can regain all expended uses of it when you finish a long rest. It's not quite as good as it looks at first though, but it's still pretty fun. 2d10 is a good damage output, but on a pass, they take zero damage. I'd recommend only taking this if your constitution score is at least 14, as a low constitution will make passing the dexterity save much more likely. Simic hybrids always struck me as the race that someone plays when they are really experienced in the game of D&D and really want to go outside the lines. They're genetic experiments, but they're also willing generic experiments, at least in the lore of the game itself and I think they offer a lot of mechanical capabilities that you won't find anywhere else. Like I said earlier in the video, they're intentionally versatile, and that definitely shows. Thank you guys so much for watching. I really appreciate it. Be sure to like and subscribe because we put out new content like this every week, and if you've created a Simic hybrid character in the past that you're proud of, or if you're making one now, I would love to hear about it down in the comments. Thank you so much for watching once again. My name's Patrick Ferguson from Skull Splitter Dice, and until next time, farewell. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe so you never miss out.